It's actually funny also because the the, sh the chef that we filmed with from the from the cooking school, he knows a lot about food and about Italian food, and he said he said something that actually a lot of people say is that traditionally when you look at uh, cuisine, most of the options were typically plant-based, uh, vegan, and meat was always sort of a luxury thing, right? So. There have always been a lot of recipes where you don't need dairy, where you don't need meat, for instance, and you just have these amazing and aromatic uh, plant-based dishes. And only after, like later, we got so used to the whole idea that you know there's meat in everything, and um, we got a bit away from those traditional recipes. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today, we are joined by April Cunningham, confidence coach, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Influencer. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. We're very excited to welcome to the podcast two special guests today, Lucas and Samuel, and they are twin brothers out of Germany who are the Entrepreneur Academy, which you've seen us feature on our Instagram page and have, sponsor, have been sponsors of our podcast um, in the last couple of, of weeks. So Lucas and Samuel, welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure to have you with us. So first, because we, we typically only have one guest at a time, and while we have the benefit of seeing you all, our podcast audience will not, they'll only be able to listen to you. If you could, I would say, like, please say your name and your age and something about you, but you all have the same age, so that won't help differentiate you from uh, one another. Um, but Lucas, maybe we'll start with you, if you could... Maybe tell us what you had for breakfast this morning. Uh, my name is Lukas Schandal, and today I actually had a tofu breakfast, a tofu scramble, and some Satan sausages, which is not like a common uh, common breakfast we have, but today, today it was. Okay. And what about you, Samuel? Yeah, my name is Samuel, I'm the second twin brother. And not only do we have the same birthday, but we have the same breakfast as well. <laughs> it was also... Tofu scramble and seitan sausage. <laughs> okay. And a protein shake. And Samuel, you said that you're second. Are you really second? Like came out second? Oh, no, it's the other way around, actually. All the way around. Okay. <laughs> two minutes. So two Samuel's minutes. the older brother. Yeah, two minutes older. Great. Well, we're, we're so happy to have you on our podcast for a couple of reasons. One, we have an international audience and we feel like understanding how the rest of the world eats and views food and, and socializes around food is beneficial, not just for our audience um, that's abroad, but of course for those of us here in America, uh, because there's, there's wealth and understanding how other people do things and maybe taking or borrowing from them the things that will help us to get to our goals in terms of our health. So we're really glad to have you come and share your experience um, moving to a plant-based and then eventually a vegan lifestyle. Yes. So one of the first things I think is interesting about your story, and maybe we could start there, is which of you first decided that you wanted to change the way that you were eating? So 
maybe maybe I start Samuel here again. Um, it was kind of always a little bit uh, at the same time, but when we became vegan, we actually weren't in the same city, but around the same time, both of us made the decision to go vegan, which is a little funny. If you think about it, uh, we always had been interested in nutrition um, because we like to do fitness as a hobby. Uh, before going vegan, I had been vegetarian also for a while. But then so somehow around the same time, we both decided, yeah, it's probably the right decision to go vegan. And then that's kind of how it started. <laughs> Did you have some sort of like twin connection where one of you knew the other was thinking about it? <laughs> I think it could be because we didn't speak about it on like, yeah, we never really talked about it. And then we saw each other 10 years later and we were like, are you awesome? No, it wasn't that crazy. But... <laughs> <laughs> I was like 10 years. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Sort of, yeah, I guess so. So for you, Lucas, did you have the same impetus to make this change that you were into fitness and thinking about addressing nutrition as well? Um, yeah, for me, it was uh, actually for me, I, I never thought I was going to become a vegan because I always associated vegans with being skinny um, because I was sort of brainwashed from the traditional um, bodybuilding diets fitness diets and then at that time my my boss i was a uh, working in sales and i was uh, good friends with my boss boss at that time and he became vegan and he's huge so he totally changed my mind when it came to eating plant-based so i started to go to lunch with him started to eat more vegan food and then slowly over a period of i think about six months um, i slowly transitioned to a plant-based lifestyle i started reading into it and yeah, it was around the same time, uh, interestingly, as my brother, mm. even though we didn't know about it. And uh, the next time we saw each other, we were both pretty much vegan. <laughs> when when you say he was huge, you mean like he was really well muscular or built or? I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's uh, like 6'4 and 220 pounds or something. Wow. Gotcha. And the audience can't see you, but you're pretty lean. Yeah, I'm like 6'3 and maybe 215 pounds or something like this. But that's what I was thinking, sorry, when you were saying that, um, that, you know, he was kind of huge. I was assuming, I was assuming that it was in a like muscular kind of way, but people do have that perception that if you are the type of person that works out a lot or something, it will be hard for you to build muscle or maybe be, um, the size or stature that you want if you're not eating, you know, the meat. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of guys in particular, uh, kind of stay away from a plant-based diet because of that. They're like, you know, I don't want to be the the little guy or whatever. So um, that is a, a stereotype that I think a lot of guys have. Well, yeah, it's the question. You guys probably get this too. Um, where do you get your protein? Yeah, it's yeah. a good question. Interestingly, I think I think we would actually, we talked about it the other day. I think we would get a lot more questions and a lot more uh, negativity if we, were, uh, if we were a lot more uh, muscular, a lot less muscular, I think. Um, because so far people are pretty open about it's it. It's actually funny because, uh, I mean, going to the gym is sort of like our hobby. Uh, so we're not super skinny. And most of the times when we tell people, yes, we're vegan and they're like, how come you're vegan and you don't look, uh, and you look like this because you are not what I th uh, think a mm. typical vegan should look like. And everybody's always, and then comes the protein question, the mm. ones that you just asked. And then, uh, you know, it's. It's, it's a funny thing because once you get go into the diet, you actually realize 
how many different protein sources there are, how you can combine them. Let's say just lentils, beans, just the first that come to mind, but also there's great vegan protein shakes nowadays. There's, of course, tofu, tempeh, all sorts of things, plant-based milks. Um, so there's really no issue with getting enough protein and also the perception of how much protein should you actually eat. So happy to hear you say this. Ah, Samuel, so happy to hear you say this. Okay, so so do you measure your protein like by meal? Like, do, are you conscious because you work out that you need to, hey, I need to get so much protein for breakfast and so much protein for lunch and so much for dinner? Are you? I mean, you sort of, I would say it was more like an a rough estimate, maybe plus minus 10 grams, but I think we, we aim anywhere around like 150 to 180 grams of protein per day. Um, sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more, but somewhere around this. Uh, this and is, is that with protein shakes? Uh, yeah, I think usually we have like one one vegan protein shake. I'm super curious. Do you have a, a brand that you like? It's actually a German company <laughs> Yeah, from Berlin, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to share that with, um, I wonder if it's available in the United States. I'd love to share with our audience just out of curiosity to see. I think actually uh, if I was living in the United States, I would actually try a clean green machine. (laughs) I don't know if you know uh, Geoff Palmer. He's a really cool guy, amazing uh, vegan bodybuilder, and he created this company. And his protein sounds so amazing, so I can wait until it comes to Germany, actually. Yeah, but we can't Uh, buy it here yet. Because it's from water lentils, I think. So it's super, yeah. it's, it's not yeah. very processed. We can ship you some. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's an option. On so. your, on your next Europe trip, bring some. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we will, we will. So that's, it's interesting to me that you were concerned about becoming a vegan because you always thought that vegans were um, maybe undernourished in some way. I think and I don't know if this is an American or a female viewpoint, but I think the trend here in the States is that becoming a vegan will, will help you lose weight or help you be healthier or look more attractive. Um, so I, I just had never considered that people were maybe af- not afraid, but not interested in, in the vegan lifestyle because they think it would make them too skinny. Yeah, I think it's it's a very good point that you mentioned there because uh, women and men, and it also depends a little bit on just the way you look naturally. Some people are skinny uh, by nature. Some tend to gain weight easily. And depending on where you're from, what your goals are, whether you want to build muscle or not, you know, you come at it from a different angle, I guess. But you're probably right that for, I think for guys, it's mostly the, the, the muscle and the protein question. Mm. And for, for women, it's also more important, uh, the aspect of maybe losing a little weight or mm. becoming healthier, um, feeling better. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that one set of eating principles could address multiple needs amongst society, right? So for the person who wants to you know, be fit and healthy, somebody who needs to lose weight, somebody trying to address maybe a a disease that they're, um, you know, working to conquer versus someone who is interested in in losing weight um, and becoming healthier. All all of those people could come to to a a plant-based dinner and have their needs met. That's pretty, um, pretty interesting. I think it's interesting too, that you're bringing up that, yeah, to that conserve, that plant-based 
can serve so many different types of people. I, I find here in America, we very much so are conditioned that, hey, everybody's looking for what we call a silver bullet. It's like this, can I take a pill that's going to get me to what I want to get to, either skinny or more muscular or whatever. Um, and people do not typically associate plant-based or vegan with that um, they associated with this healthy lifestyle and a very skinny person maybe. Um, but, but not that you can actually get everything you need with a plant-based lifestyle. So I'm loved. I love that you're pointing that out. Um, everybody's needs can be met. That's actually something we also just talked about, I think yesterday, because we saw on YouTube, a new video from, uh, Dave Asprey, where he talks about the vegan diet and he's like, uh, you know, he's not vegan. He's promoting his bulletproof thingy. And, oh, the, right. and the thing is, And it happens a lot of times people talk about the vegan diet as if there's like one set of foods to eat and, you know, everybody eats exactly the same thing. And as with anything, there's so many different ways to eat on a vegan and plant-based diet. You know, you can just eat raw kale or you can eat uh, completely different things. And everybody always assumes that you're just eating a dry cup of beans and a piece of <laughs> carrot and a kale. You know, there's always like, there's also something that we want to address, of course, with the, the way people cook, because uh, it's, it's so diverse. It's not just one set of meals and one, uh, one diet for everybody, but within the diet, there's so much variety. Yeah. yeah. What I thought was interesting, too, is what you talked about earlier, where you said, you know, everybody's body types are different. Some people are like naturally bigger, naturally more muscular, naturally skinnier shorter taller like all of these different things but for some reason like when it comes to diet or how someone eats people assume that um that's a that's a um uh, what's the word i'm looking for consequence for lack of a better word of whatever you're eating so like vegans are just skinny because they're vegan whereas you could just be naturally disposed to be a smaller person it doesn't have anything to do with that i mean i know plenty of skinny people who eat nothing but like mcdonald's and oreos and <laughs> yeah. they're still like super teeny tiny um it's just you know how genetics works out so it's interesting that like and it doesn't have, mean they're healthy yeah, yeah it doesn't mean that they're healthy but it's interesting that people have these ideas of like oh i don't want to be like vegan because i don't want to be too small even though the people that you're seeing that maybe are vegan just might be predisposed to being smaller or you know maybe that's their goal even though it's not your goal um, so I like that, yeah. um, it, you know, it, you kind of encourage people to think outside of like what you think it is and what you think you see. Which is what I love about, and we're probably going to get to this, so sorry, Jen, if I'm jumping ahead, but this is what I love about the catalog that you have put together um, for around food that's reinterpreted, that's entirely plant-based. You know, I've talked about with you guys, the vegan cheese and the sushi. And I'm just like, yes, because I love sushi. And I hated having to give it up just because the fish is not there. I, the flavors of sushi, there's something about the combination of flavors in sushi that I love. And I love that you've created this resource that allows us to, that provides options for, and not just that, but Italian, right? And sweets and these other things that you have in the Vicoco catalog. I just love that, um, I love that you're doing that because the flavors still are delicious, even without the meat. And I think that that's also a misconception. People feel that they have to have meat in order to flavor food. And it's just not true. Yeah. And for the ones that do think like they need meat, um, we're actually also working on a German uh, vegan course uh, this month. So there's going to be a lot of different options uh, to create your own 
uh, plant-based meat in order to replace like a, like sausage, something like a pork chop. Uh, so that's going to be really interesting. And uh, actually, also for the sushi, we the chef from Lake Sayuri, we had we had this one raw food course, and there she shares this like a super simple trick that turns something like a sunflower seed into tasting like tuna. It's uh, I think a com combination. What? Yeah, it's a combination of three ingredients. Uh, I think it's a combination of like flaxseed, um, nori, and what was it? What was it like the soy sauce? And for and ginger and for some reason like the combination of those four, it turns really really fishy and it, it's amazing. Tastes really good. That's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna be downloading that uh, video, watching that video when that comes out for for sure. As actually uh, April, just because you mentioned it, um, our parents they had uh, their birthday last weekend. They celebrated together, and because of us and a couple of guests, uh, they're also vegan or vegetarian. They had a vegan catering. And at the vegan catering, they, the caterer, they had some sort of cheese dishes, vegan cheese dishes, because you mentioned the vegan cheese earlier. Yeah. And those were sort of vegan cheese sticks. Um, and everybody loved them. Everybody was like, wow, is it really possible that you can do something like this completely vegan? It has sort of a camembert taste mm. and uh, oh. totally fantastic. It's just the possibilities are huge. Yeah, I mean, I think the game has changed totally on vegan cheese. I used to be a major proponent, not proponent, I used to be a major hater <laughs> of vegan cheese. And Jen changed my mind about this because she, she kept introducing cheeses and we were. I was just like, nope, nope, nope. Mm, wait a minute. Mm, that's actually pretty good. Um, and then when I saw in your catalog that that it's not that hard to make, <laughs> I was, I was, I'm sold. Like, oh, because it, it, it adds this flavor to plant-based food without the presence of animals. And I think that's amazing. Um, and also rather magical because people, I don't, and I know before this, people don't think it's possible. You have to have meat, you have to have cheese, you have to have, you know, fat, animal fat, when in fact you absolutely don't. A lot of times that's also very interesting to learn once you get into the whole uh, cooking uh, topic more and how to, you know, make these experiences something similar to cheese or similar to meat. It's not just the taste, but it's also just, uh, for instance, texture, uh, juiciness, the way things feel in your mouth. Uh, that's a very important point. And it's not just the taste. You know, if you, this is sort of vegan mozzarella recipe mm. and um, the taste is very subtle, but it feels when you cut it and when you eat it, it just feels from the consistency, the way that regular mozzarella felt. And that's sort of what plays into the whole experience, you know? Yeah, I'm getting hungry just talking about this. <laughs> Jen, you better move us on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually, when I go back to what you said about the um, family event um, that you all just had where your parents went out of their, or I don't know if they went out of their way or they were just made a conscious decision to use a vegan caterer so that uh, you all, plus some other guests, would be able to have be able to, to celebrate and enjoy the time with the family, um, just as if everyone was eating the same food. And so we're coming into a season here in the U.S. where, you know, people will be typically celebrating events with their family. And there's always the question of, well, what am I going to eat? Especially if I'm the only one in my family or the only one amongst my friends who've made this lifestyle change. So early on, um, was that easy to navigate or did it take a while for your family to adjust and and consider you guys when they were planning the menu for family events 
Well, uh, I would say like luckily our parents are very, very open-minded. So um, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't really matter. They're always very open-minded to anything we do. And they, they also appreciate if we cook for them. So they're happy either way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. I think that they're very open about this. And the only thing is like in South Germany, we have uh, a lot of uh, relatives in South Germany. Um, yeah, in the beginning, they all thought it's because South Germany, for the people that have never been there, it's uh, that's exactly the Germany you 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 picture when you think of Germany. A lot of beer, a lot of pork chops, sausages. So it's very very traditional, very meat based. Um, and in the beginning, all of them they thought that it's sort of like a phase that we're going through, like a trend. Uh, at the at the birthday party of our grandma, there, there were some some <laughs> some jokes, some remarks here, but um, nothing like nothing too serious, and we don't take it personal and. Um, then the next time when we saw them again, it's almost gone. <laughs> and, and now they're very open about it. Now they're very. We actually even went with our grandpa. Um, I would never have guessed that we went with him to a lot of vegan restaurants, and he likes it, and uh, he likes our food as well. So uh, they're they're open. They're pretty open about it. And did you say that your parents are vegan? They're more like vegetarian uh, or like going in that direction. They definitely. Um, belong to the big portion of the popularity the uh, population that try to reduce meat um, and i think they eat it maximum once a month maybe even once a quarter i don't know and 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 the, and the thing is also that uh we really do like to cook mm. and when we're with our parents we mostly do the cooking and they're just happy about it that okay there's uh, warm food on my <laughs> Yeah. my table and it tastes good and yeah. you know that's the sort of the best way to have people enjoy the vegan diet is actually to cook something delicious for them uh, for the first times i guess and then you know they can experience for themselves how great it actually can be that's a great actually tip for yeah. our audience very forward like show them now, rather than trying to tell i know for myself when i was transitioning trying to tell my husband, I'm trying to tell my family like why it's best and why I have to do it. And for me, I had to because of my biology. But I think it's always more powerful when you can show people, oh, this is possible beyond getting people out of their head and literally getting the food in their mouth. <laughs> um, it can change hearts and it can change the whole dynamic of, of what people expect. That's a good tip. Yeah, I think I, that's a great tip. I think also going into what you said there, uh, maybe that's just my characteristic, but also when people try to like challenge your views, I usually don't go into uh, the discussion. I don't know. I don't really enjoy that part because then it's just like one hour talking back and forth and everybody's, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. And then for me, what, what I noticed, like Samuel, uh, like Samuel said, if you stick to it, if people see that you stick to it, they see you a year later, you're still vegan, you still believe in it, um, you cook for them then usually people, it becomes less and less. But I'm not a big fan of the confrontational part. Uh, I don't really enjoy uh, lengthy discussions. <laughs> to yeah. be honest. Yeah, so I let them talk and then in my head I'm thinking like, oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, also... I'm sorry, Jen. No, go ahead, Lisa. That's, uh, that's also good advice though, is like to lead by example, right? Because everybody's really resistant to change or something new in the beginning. But when they see like, oh, it is working for you and oh, you're still doing it a year later and, you know, your skin looks great and whatever. That's really what makes a believer out of people. So I think that's good advice too. Just continue yeah. to, to do you <laughs> and you're yeah. fit. Oh, you haven't been protein deprived. What? Right. 
I, th I think I think those are the two big ones. The one is um, looking and being healthy, feeling good about yourself, mm -hmm. and the other thing is the food, actually eating enjoyable food that's tasty and having other t other enjoy it. So I think you know having um, the whole cooking movement is big, and what we talked about earlier. Uh, the fitness part because right now there's the game changers movies out you guys probably have seen it and i do think it has a big impact on a lot mm -hmm. of people who watch it for the first time and now they're like hmm, maybe maybe there is something to this whole plant-based thing and maybe even sports is possible and i can be athletic you know let's just come back to the example i haven't thing. heard of it the game the, the movie uh-huh oh it's basically it's on netflix it's about um athletes that follow a plant-based lifestyle and you know still excel in their sports so the message is also like you know you can even on a plant-based diet there's a lot of benefits and you can be great in sports so there's a lot of people who i think uh, it changes their minds a little bit to be more open to a plant-based diet i think this is one of the first movies that also really changes a lot of uh, men's uh, mind yeah because when when i check facebook right now everybody talks about game changers it's the uh, hardest discussion on every forum and uh Like there's so many women who say that their meat-eating husband watched a movie and suddenly became vegan. Every day there's so many stories like this. <laughs> Y'all heard it, audience. If you're listening, ladies, and you want to help your husband approach uh, or your partner, spouse, whatever, men, the men in your life, fathers, uncles, all that, um, send them to Game Changers. <laughs> Netflix. Y'all heard it. <laughs> yeah, I want to watch this now. Netflix is changing lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things um, that I, I also wanted to talk about in reference to uh, tips for the audience is your example of cooking something and preparing food for the gathering. Uh, I think that will help people, one, make sure that you have something to eat, but also um, highlight or showcase to your family or friends or the potluck at work even uh, that there there are great plant-based foods that they can enjoy uh, without them having to feel like they're being deprived. So that's a great idea. Yeah. So shifting gears a little bit, when you decided to make this change and you go down this journey, how did VCoco Academy come up? What was the, what's your origin story for your, for this business that you've created? Um, it's actually sort of a longer story, but I'll try to keep it short. Uh, we got, we got hooked on a plant-based lifestyle. And I think as most people who, who suddenly started and they actually, how to say it, like once you get the why for yourself, you think, wow, this is the greatest thing and I want to do something about it. And we wanted to do something about food because we like cooking, we like fitness. So we started a vegan YouTube channel where we said, okay, we're going to make vegan fitness recipes on YouTube. Uh, so we started to make our own um, recipes there. And from there, we kind of came up with the idea of, yeah, why don't we do this um, in a bigger way? And we start making vegan cooking courses. Um, in the beginning, we actually wanted to do a vegan cooking course where we stand in front of the camera and explain a specific cuisine. And the idea was then to go to Thailand because Lucas has been there for, for, for some time and you can live there quite cheaply. We're like, okay, let's go to Thailand and make a vegan Thai course by ourselves and, you know, bring to the world vegan Thai food. And that was the initial plan. You know, it was at, the, at that time we were still working and the Coco started, I think 
a year sort of almost after we had started with YouTube. And Lucas, you want to share a little how that's? Yeah, so then we uh, we basically planned the whole uh, the whole thing. We booked a flight to Thailand. Um, we made plans to put money on the side all the time and then quit our jobs uh, like uh, eight months later. And then we flew to Thailand. And shortly before Thailand, we came up with the idea, why, like, why should we teach people how to cook Thai food? Why don't we partner with chefs who already know how to cook vegan Thai food or already know how to cook anything vegan, like experienced chefs? And that's when we started approaching different chefs all over Asia. And we started, yeah, we started in Thailand and we were based there for five months. And from there, we, we ventured into uh, Japan, Korea, Indonesia, uh, Vietnam. Um, yeah, we made so many different courses. We experienced so many different cuisines. And it's it's a very interesting experience to, because I've, I've had so much experience eating Thai food, but then eating it completely plant-based is a very different experience And luckily, we had such a great chef for our first course uh, because the food is incredible. Still one of the best foods I ever had in my life. Mm. This is so fascinating to me. You guys got all in on plant-based. You said you quit your job, you started, and then you went to travel, you went to find. What I love is that you went to find all chefs that already operate in that space, that are already cooking this authentic food. And then you, you went, I mean, it's a very... That's a very bold move to say, we're doing this um, and we're going to find people who love what we do and, and bring that to the rest of the world. I, I love it. Um, were you scared to start this? Uh, yeah, maybe. Sometimes. I mean, like, the, I guess everybody who starts a business or starts his own project is like, uh, it's a little bit of a roller coaster. There's a lot of ups, there's a lot of downs. Um, there's days and weeks where you where you're scared and there's days and weeks where you're super excited so I it mean, really depends on uh, yeah it's it's sort of funny because we left to thailand uh, in december last year not knowing really what to expect yeah, and then already. beginning of the year right after new year's we got super sick i don't know why but like air pollution air conditioning something like that and then in the middle of january we you know we sat in a cafe uh, in our street after we got a little better And we opened our laptops and we literally were like, okay, where are we going to start now? You know, we knew nobody and uh, we didn't really know how to approach it yet. And we just kind of took it step by step and then uh, reached out to chefs. And luckily we found some fantastic chefs who from the start were interested and decided to work with us. And so within one month, we had the first courses planned and then... It, it went from there but in the beginning it was scary and even like while we're doing it all over the year as Lucas said there's ups and downs and things don't always turn out as you expect them and then you have to say okay how can we now move uh, forward and what can we learn here and it's always a learning experience I'd say I, I love mm -hmm. it I, we love the content that you're creating yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it really uh, is Okay. Oh, I was just going to say that um, when we think about plant-based food, a traditional American diet, probably very similar to traditional German foods, it, it tends to leave you somewhat wanting um, or feeling like you're looking for a substitute. But as you guys have uncovered international or, you know, what we would consider more ethnic cuisines like Thai and Indian and um, some other 
modes of cooking allow you to really just taste the rainbow of plants without feeling like you're, you're missing out on something. So I'd love that you're featuring chefs in those locales who, like you said, have been already, you know, cooking in this space for so long. Um, and then they're bringing their, their tips and tricks so that those of us cooking at home can take full advantage of it and be able to create something beautiful as well. Yeah. I'm curious when we went, um, we went live on Instagram probably a month ago now, uh, you guys were traveling. Can you talk a little bit about that, where you were traveling and what you were up to in the world? Um, yes. Yeah, so since we came back to Europe, we actually filmed the course in London, a raw, another raw course, our second. And then last month we went to Switzerland. So we did like a little road trip. Um, we went from Germany to Switzerland. And there we filmed a vegan Swiss chocolate uh, making course because Switzerland is so famous for the chocolate. And then we I saw then, that. And then we drove down to Italy and there we recorded two courses. So one Italian pastries and also one classic Italian. And the classic Italian is, whew, that's, uh, that was fantastic. Really, really good food. Yeah. Can't wait for those to hit the catalog. I know. Very soon, actually. I think it's about two weeks. Two weeks left. Yeah. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Italian without dairy. Just... I mean, I can't wait to see what you guys <laughs> cooked up. <laughs> it has this one, uh, he, he makes this chestnut cake. Yeah, it's a chestnut cake, yeah. right? That was amazing. Probably my favorite. It's actually funny also because the the, sh the chef that we filmed with from the, from the cooking school, he knows a lot about food and about Italian food. And he said, he said something that actually a lot of people say is that traditionally when you look at uh, cuisine, most of the options were typically plant-based, uh, vegan, and meat was always sort of a luxury thing, right? So there have always been a lot of recipes where you don't need dairy, where you don't need meat, for instance, and you just have these amazing and aromatic uh, plant-based dishes. And only after, like later, we got so used to the whole idea that, you know, there's meat in everything, and um, we got a bit away from those traditional recipes. But actually, like all of the major cuisines in the world, they are, you know, from so many aspects, uh, we're always vegan or have a lot of plant-based options. That's super interesting. Hmm. I have so many more questions, but I think we're nearing time. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions. Oh, yeah. Jen, did you have anything you wanted to ask? No, I, I, I love the story of you guys supporting one another and that your family has rallied around you to be supportive. Um, and I think it's something that all of us look forward to is having this base of friends and, and family members who will support us on our health journey. So congrats to you and thanks for bringing some resources to, to the world so that we can all benefit from your travels. Oh, there's one more thing. There's one more thing I just thought of. Your Kickstarter. Yes. How's that going? Well, we're close to the end. I think we have like 10 days left and we are at 97.5%. <laughs> so so oh, wow. close. <laughs> pretty close. And what's it? What's the objective of the Kickstarter? Um, so it's mainly to, yeah, it's, it's a mix of sort of like a PR. So just getting more uh, promotion, getting people to know about it, but also, of course, to fund the next uh, courses in the next couple of months um, because we're still a young company. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, that, those are two and we really, the thing is with Wikoko, we really want to continue to bring new content, mm. new cuisines, new exciting chefs uh, to this one place where you can learn everything about vegan cooking. And that's why, you know, with the Kickstarter as well, we want to 
continue to produce the next courses in the coming year. Love it. Love mm -hmm. it. Mm, so excited that we met and we're connected and we're following you and partnering with you. It's so exciting what you're bringing. And both, I think it's so, it's interesting because it's not just for an American audience, it's for the world, which is fantabulous. Just made up a word. <laughs> Another thing that I do like about um, you guys' course, just going back to what April was saying about like for the world, is like the courses, they really like, show you how to work with ingredients because I know we've talked about this on the podcast before one of the things that I struggle with is like creativity and like knowing what things taste like but um you guys really show people how to like think outside the box on that so yeah good job excellent <laughs> <laughs> I think all right well do you have anything that you'd like to make sure that the the audience knows about you Lucas and Samuel well I I think um, just as with, you know, when it comes about food, it's, you have to try it. So, um, if you want to, if you want to learn more about vegan cooking, you know, go and look for different courses that, for instance, we offer, uh, just have a look around and, and learn exciting recipes, how to prepare them and share them with the people in your life, because food is such an important aspect of everybody's life. We eat it three times a day and it, it should rather taste amazing. And uh, we want to, you know, just enable people to enjoy their food, fully vegan, share it with the people they love and um, learn new things every month, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Yep. Yeah, so for everybody who wants to try, they can just uh, go to vcoco.com uh, with a trial. You can just jump in. Uh, 14 days for free uh, check out the courses and you know there's new content coming up every uh, every few weeks so and make sure to take the jealous vegan discount oh yes that's right they, that's right so the oh, yeah. link the link audience is in our profile on our instagram <clears throat> excuse me voice going out um it's in our profile on our instagram so hit that link and you get 10 percent off um and you will not be disappointed promise promise and if for some reason you're not on Instagram, you can always go to thejealousvegan.com forward slash V-E-E-C-O-C-O. V -E -E -C -O -C -O. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Please connect with us on social media at The Jealous Vegan on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or at thejealousvegan.com and sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content to support your plant-based journey. And until then, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.